Hello, it's another episode of D-List of the Podcast. I'm Michael K. I'm Allison. Allison, I have a question. Okay, shoot, Michael. Are we still in quarantine? Do you mean we as in you, me, or we as in, like, me? Society. Like, how is it over there? Uh, In Toronto, how is it? We're still in quarantine, except we're in what's known as stage two quarantine, which sounds like the lesser stage of a performance in like Las Vegas. But stage two basically means that um, like some things are open, like you can go get a haircut now, but you can't like kids can't play on a playground yet. But everyone's wearing masks and everything. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's so, the problem here. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm in Palm Springs right now, and yep. mostly everybody's wearing a mask. But that's good. Like, you see, some people just are kind of going on business as usual. Like, they're <gasps> yes. eating in yes. restaurants without a mask on. Like, well, to be fair, how do you how do you eat with a mask on? Well, okay, I'll tell you. Okay. So I was forced to go to a restaurant a couple weeks ago because I had to take my mom to a doctor's appointment. Right. And I wasn't allowed to go inside. So Mm -hmm. I had to wait outside, but there was no Wi-Fi and my phone got shitty reception. So eventually I made it to a restaurant that had Wi-Fi. I ordered fries. Everyone was social distanced, but I ate. I kept my mask on. I just slipped the fries under my mask. And, but <laughs> everybody like else, flap. but everybody else didn't have a mask on and they were, you know, the employees had masks on. So I felt sorry for them. Everybody yeah. else didn't because they were eating. And then this one woman, she is Palm Springs. So she's too old to be a Karen. So she's like Karen's mom. Who's Karen's mom? Like Betty. Barbara. I'd say yeah, Barbara, Betty. Linda, Agnes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's go with Barbara. Maureen. So, so Barbara is leaving. She gets up and she says to the entire restaurant, like all of us, mm-hmm. there's probably like 12 of us. Um, she says, isn't it so wonderful to eat in a restaurant again? All of that was so stupid. So like meaning all of like the protocols. You're like, you're like Barbara, stupid. you're the you're the generation that was at risk of dying. <laughs> like you were the at risk ones. I put my hand over my mask for like extra protection. And when she left, I left because I was like, oh my God, Barbara has it and Barbara's going to give it to me. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're definitely going to get Corona from Barbara. Yeah, that's that's messed up. I don't like, I don't really leave the house anyway to begin with, but I had to go to, much like your mom, I had to take my um, daughter to a doctor's appointment. And it was the first time I'd been on the subway in over three months. And I was shocked because there would be, like, at least two people on every car that I was on. I had to transfer, like, twice. I end up taking four subways. But, like, at least two people that didn't have masks on. And I'm like, if you're going to wear a mask anywhere, it should be in the subway. Like, this place is gross. Oh, yeah. Put on a hazmat suit And they were drinking coffee. Yeah. yeah, they were drinking coffee as well. I'm like, you're touching your face. They, they, that's the biggest thing that they tell you is don't touch your face. And you're touching your face in the subway. Again, it's like, they're going to get what Barbara's got. I'd be wearing a hazmat suit and drinking Purell. Mm-hmm. Okay, so moving on from being out in public, which I'm still a little scared of, Michael. Fries or no fries. Um, to yeah, I'm always scared of it anyway. 
Yeah, on a good day. <laughs> so, moving on from that to uh, an enclosed arena that was full of people. And by full of people, I mean asterisk, not full at all of people. Yeah, so pretty empty. Very empty, actually. For a stadium. Oh, yeah. It, it was empty for a car show. It was empty for a a large high school graduation. So, this weekend, Donald Trump learned what a K-pop fan is. And he also learned that you shouldn't fuck with them because they will embarrass you, which is, you know, that's hard to do because he's already a huge embarrassment to himself. So in case you're not familiar with what a K-pop band is, if you don't have like a young person in your life, it's a band from Korea, South Korea specifically. Yeah, Um, a South Korean pop group. Yeah, Yeah. it's a pop group. They're kind of like, you know, like a boy band, like BTS is the big one. Yeah. X EXO, Stray Kids, Blackpink. Black, yeah, yeah, Girls Generation. So it's, yeah, they're like huge and their fans are very big. So K-pop fans are the real deal. They're like very obsessed with their favorite K-pop band, which that's what you do when you're a teenager. You become very obsessed with your favorite band. But recently they kind of all collected themselves for the greater good. Donald Trump had his re-election rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma on June 20th and on the 11th, uh, his team announced um, that if you want to reserve tickets for this big, huge rally, you know, text. Uh, I don't know what he said to text. Text uh, Idol. <laughs> Remember when he used to text American Idol? Anyway, so he... Text know, coughing up blood to... Yeah, text COB at, you know, 6969. So he basically saying like, look, if you text this number, you're going to get two free tickets. You're going to be put on a list. It's... It's great. I'm doing like the hand gestures of him right now. He's like, it's going to be great. So um, because you only have to do this on a cell phone, you don't even have to put an email address. K-pop, well, apparently, yeah. some of them you did have to put an email address because I heard uh, there's some people I follow on Twitter mm-hmm. who they said that they got like an email from the Trump rally saying that they were confirmed from, sorry, from the Trump campaign saying mm-hmm. they were confirmed to attend the rally. Mm-hmm. So they, someone probably put in their email address and you didn't even have to like verify. <laughs> that's the, yeah, that's the thing is like, you could probably just like, you would text it and maybe they're like, we need further information. You could put like, you know, whoever Mick, nobody at hotmail.com. It's a hot email address. Anyway, so he, uh, basically, like, people were, like, all, K-pop Twitter got together with alt-TikTok, which is one of my favorite TikToks. It's, like, alternative TikTok. They're very politically active. They're, like, they're teens. Anyways, they all got together, and they're, like, listen, if we combine our forces and use all of our energy into reserving tickets, no one will show up. And this will be a huge embarrassment and the rally will be empty and the seats will be empty. And like, it'll be at the last minute too. It's not like they'll be able to, it'll be like 10 minutes before the rally starts. They'll be like, wait a minute, the seats are empty, which is kind of exactly what happened. So before the rally, Trump's team was tweeting that like millions of people had requested tickets. Yeah, I think they said 1 million. But we don't know if he was lying about that, which I mean, he probably could have been. Or did all of K-pop stan twitter actually reserve like were there like five hundred thousand k-pop fans yeah. that messaged and wanted tickets we will never know so the whole point though is that 
only about 6,200 people showed up. That's what the fire marshal estimated. And that's like a high estimate. Yeah. And the Bank of Oklahoma Arena holds reportedly 19,000 seats. Yeah. That's less than 19,000. And they thought like so many people were going to show up Mm -hmm. that they put together a stage outside where he was going to make another appearance. They were expecting like dozens of thousands of of people there. And they had to cancel that because nobody showed up. Yeah. And if you Google that or if you like look it up on Twitter, the pictures from that are they're gorgeous because it literally is like no one is there. Um, There's like a couple like sad banners. So Trump's team tried to claim that the turnout was because of COVID-19. They were saying that like everyone had to get tested before they came into the rally. And they're like, well, we didn't want to test too many people because we didn't want to like have all these positive numbers. So we just didn't test that many people. And you had to sign something, right? Saying you will not sue him if you get it. Yeah, that you wouldn't sue the Donald Trump Corporation or whatever if you ended up with COVID, which of course you're going to, someone's, someone went home with COVID that night. That's the thing. Well, 6,000, well, a, a few of his staffers tested positive. After six. That I think that six of his staffers tested positive after. Yeah. It. But like 6,000 is embarrassing for him, but it's still a lot because you know a ton of them, like you said, got it. And then they're going to spread it. And then you know, like, Barbara from Palm Springs has family in Oklahoma and they're going to visit her and she's going to get it and then I'm going to get it when I go back to that burger place after taking my mom to the doctor's appointment. Barbara's definitely going to be there again. But you can thank K-pop Twitter for lessening your chance of getting it from Barbara. Do you think they, they really did? Oh, that they like managed to get the numbers down? Yeah. I want, in my heart, because I like good news, I want to believe that they did. Because yeah, I do too. The, the reality is probably that just, no, people just didn't show up. Like, nope, who wants to go to that? Yeah. And no. did you see it on TikTok? I did not. I never saw it either. Like, I never no. saw someone saying like, oh, we're going to do this. Yeah, I'm on old TikTok. I'm on like the geriatric TikTok. Because if I saw it, I would do it and be like, oh my God, I'm with the kids. I'm as they're cool like, as the kids. They're like, not you, old man. You're like, I'm not that old. Just let me join in. You're, You're like not doing part the of dance. the revolution, <laughs> Grandpa. You're like, I just learned how to do the Doja Cat dance. They're like, okay, we'll keep practicing that. Also, I have a question. Do you think that they're going to... Do you think that the Trump campaign is going to investigate this? Like, do you think this is something that they're going to try to get to the bottom of? Or are they just going to, like, ignore it and move on? Well, I have seen, like... <laughs> Some, um, you know, conservatives say <laughs> that uh, K-pop stands were, are North and South Korean internet trolls. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> they think K-pop stands are, you know, like, s- South and North Korean spies. Really? <laughs> no, they don't think that. But they think they're, like, from, you know, South and North Korea. But people have been telling the K-pop kids to get to work on the election. <laughs> yeah. So if Trump loses because of K-pop stands, like he's going to accuse the Democrats of rigging the election with help from an Asian country he heard of called K-pop. And their <laughs> citizens are called stands. <laughs> K-pop stands. Okay, so now let's travel back in time. And everyone's like, yes, please get me out of 2020. So we're going to travel back with Winona Ryder, who did an interview with the Sunday Times to promote a new Stranger Things box set. Do people still buy 
DVDs? Uh, people who aren't on TikTok <laughs> possibly do. TikTokers are like, what? What's Vox said? So she brought up two people, Keanu Reeves and Mel Gibson. So let's start with the gross and nasty first and then cleanse our palate with some Keanu. So Winona's Jewish and talked about um, anti-Semitism in Hollywood. Like she says that some people have told her that they're surprised she's Jewish because she's so pretty. And a long time ago, she was up for uh, a role in a period piece. But the studio head, who was Jewish, told her that she was too Jewish looking to play a blue blood. And then Mel Gibson. So, <laughs> I mean, we've all heard stories about Mel Gibson. We've heard a, we've heard the voicemail yeah, recordings. Being an anti-Semitic roasted nutsack. So, we, like, we all remember, sadly, in 2006 when he was arrested for DUI and said that Jews were responsible for all the wars in the world. And he once said that he's not sure if six million Jewish people were actually murdered in the Holocaust. And then there's, of course, like you said, those recorded tapes with his girlfriend where he told her that she was dressed like a bitch in heat and he it'd be her fault if she got raped by a pack of N-words. So that's Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. So Winona told this story to GQ in 2010, but she told it again to the Sunday Times. So she was at a party in the 90s with a friend who was gay and they were talking to Mel Gibson, who was smoking a cigar. And um, Mel said to her friend, Oh, wait, am I going to get AIDS? Charming. Yes. What year was this also? Like 95. That's, I mean, there's no good year to say that. And then something came up like they were talking about Jews. And he said, you're not an oven dodger, are you? I mean. What? Truly, Mel, he missed his calling. He should be writing books on how to make charming small talk at parties. My God, this is like material from like like a stand a horrible stand-up comedian from like 1955 yeah that's so he so winona said that mel tried to apologize to her later so mel denies it and his rep said that winona lied about lalona because i'm trying to say winona lied about it and i said that is hard that's hard to get your lanona white about it lanona white about it in 2010, and he said she's lying about it now and also lying about him trying to apologize to her. So he said he did reach out to her in 2010 to wonder why she lied, but she refused to talk to him. Now, impossibly related news, they're doing a sequel to uh, Chicken Run, you know, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. children's movie or whatever, you know. And oh, I'm aware, yeah. Mel Gibson voice a character in the first one so they're doing a sequel and he is not going to be in it Uh, that was announced today good decision so who do you believe allison okay (laughs) who do i believe hmm let's see okay here i'm gonna tell you who i believe but it actually hinges on her comments that she has about keanu reeves okay so do you want me to tell the keanu story no like yeah tell the keanu story and then i'm gonna tell you who i believe out of this situation you tell me who you believe. Well, I mean, am I going to believe the asshole who has a history of saying <laughs> anti-Semitic <laughs> shit? Or Winona Ryder? I think I'm going with Winona Ryder. Yeah, that's... I would say I would say most people probably would. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's go, let's go to our um, Keanu palate cleanser. Yes. 
So we all hear stories about, you know, what a sweetheart gentleman Keanu is. Like when he takes a picture with you, he won't grab your waist. You know, he's a respectful king. So and Winona has another story that confirms that. So Winona and Keanu, of course, did Bram Stoker's Dracula together. And in a scene where Gary Oldman, who plays Dracula, turns into a pile of rats, Francis Ford Coppola, the movie's director, wanted Winona to cry believably, and he wanted to look believable. So he stood off camera and repeatedly called her a whore in order to get her to cry. And then Francis asked the other male cast members to join in. I mean, you know Mel is pissed he wasn't cast in that movie. Yeah, he should have been the pile of rats. It's <laughs> <laughs> a perfect role for him. You're right. So Winona said, to put it in context, I'm supposed to be crying. Literally, Richard E. Grant, Anthony Hopkins, Keanu. Francis was trying to get all of them to yell things that would make me cry, but Keanu wouldn't, Anthony wouldn't. It just didn't work. I was like, really? It kind of did the opposite. So Winona says she's cool with Francis now, and that whole experience is what led to her and Keanu being such good friends. That's very cute. Yeah, Keanu's the best. So I needed that Keanu story to to tell you who I believe out of Winona versus Mel. So do you know that it's like not a parable it's like a story kind of like the you know the goat on the bridge you know what i'm talking about no like the goat on the bridge and like he encounters a troll and the troll's like you have to answer my three questions or oh, whatever yes. right yeah. it's like one of those stories so you know the one where it's like there's two people and they're like um this this always like blew my mind as a kid but like when there, there's like two people and the one's like um my I always tell the truth. My brother will say I'm a liar, but I always tell the truth. And then the other brother is like, he is a liar, though. I am the one who tells the truth. And then you're like, which one is the liar? Right? And you're like, it's the brother who said my brother's going to call me a liar. Anyways, that's that's a whole long story to get to the where I'm going with this, which is if Winona is saying that Mel is a piece of shit, And she's saying that Keanu Reeves is a good guy. There's like a million examples, like what you said, of Keanu being a good guy. So Winona's like, I'm telling you, Keanu Reeves is a good guy. And Mel Gibson is a piece of shit. And then Keanu's like, I am a good guy. And then Mel Gibson is like, Winona is lying. I am a good guy. It's that story. Okay, can you tell me what drug (laughs) you had before recording? Because... I would like these drugs. Okay, the drugs are that McDonald's finally opened up and allowed people to go in and get their food again. And last night I ate way too many McDonald's. So three months without it. And then like last night eating tons of McDonald's has obviously done something to my brain. <laughs> okay, so I'll, try, I'll snort McDonald's fries later. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, get get the large ones. You'll be very high. But like, okay, so Francis Ford Coppola is a mess for this. But I like know. if I played Mina in Dracula... And hot pieces like Richard E. Grant and Anthony Hopkins were calling me a whore. I'd be like, like my dream yeah, has come true. The you're best like, louder. I, but I mean, if he wanted to make Winona, Winona cry for real, he should have just asked Keanu to do that accent louder. I think we've dragged Keanu's accent on this podcast before. Jonathan, what is it? It's just a man himself. Yeah, look, he's growing young. Yeah, Keanu, here's the thing. No, no, here's the thing. Keanu is so perfect that he has to have, like, one tiny thing wrong with him, right? Because it's like, nobody's perfect, right? So Keanu's one very small, tiny thing that is not good is that accent in Dracula. So I think we're allowed to drag him for that. Like, legally, I think we're allowed to. 
legally. You're right. Mm-hmm. So now let's move on to something that Keanu has been called before. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to talk about himbo, also known as mimbo, thanks to Seinfeld. Didn't yeah. Elaine date Dan Cortez? Is that the episode where they uh, bring up mimbo? Yes, I think that he was the mimbo. So him, himbo is the male version of a bimbo. And yeah, that's why some say mimbo, male bimbo. So a himbo is, you know, a dude who is hot and dumb and usually very nice and not threatening. And he's buff. Just our type. Hot, dumb, and full of cum. So people on Twitter said that a himbo is like a male version of a golden retriever with muscles. Yeah. So himbo trended on Twitter over the weekend after a user who goes by the name Fangirl Jean tweeted this. Himbo is ableist. I find fetishizing someone's supposed lack of intelligence to be predatory. Why would you desire someone who seemingly has less power than you? Why is that different from preying on underage kids? It's not. Girl. That's, there's, yeah. I mean, if you ever want to know what the temperature on Mars is like, ask fangirl Jane because she reached that far with that one. <laughs> it's, it's, I understand what fangirl Jean is saying, but I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Jean's uh, comparison, if you yeah. will. And many weren't because, you know, they're comparing sex with a, consensual you know consensual sex with an adult to pedophilia and so she backed up a little bit and wrote i appreciate people explaining the meaning of himbo and really like the concept of a guy who has the physical power but not the toxic danger that physicality represents on toxic masculinity i'd love to know more but would really like to avoid ableist slurs like dumb so another twitter user named s um, q lee lu said that a himbo isn't really dumb, but is mostly gullible. So they said, a himbo is not defined by the presence or absence of intelligence. A himbo is defined by his uh, gullibility. Gullibility. Oh my God, I'm a himbo without the hotness. So he is pure (laughs) of heart and so optimistic about others that he is naive. He trusts what he is told, leading to hilariously misconstrued situations that he handles with grace. So, but that whole himbo thing mostly led to people sharing who their favorite himbo is. So Mm -hmm. let's come up with some examples of himbos. Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum is, I would say he's like King Himbo. He's... The, Some said Chris yeah. Hemsworth is King Himbo. Mm, you know what? I think he's mm, Chris Hemsworth. Maybe as Thor in the Avengers is a is a Himbo, but I don't know Chris. Or in no, Vacation, I, it's Channing Tatum. It's Channing Tatum because I feel okay. like Chris Hemsworth would like if you told him something, he would think first. Whereas Channing Tatum would be like, okay. So you say Channing Tatum? Okay, Channing other Tatum, yeah. Himbos: um, Rob Gronkowski, aka Gronk. Oh, Jason, yeah. Jason Momoa, John Cena, Brad Pitt and Thelma and Louise, um, Hercules, the cartoon, Polly D from Jersey Shore, Matthew McConaughey, basically the entire cast of Magic Mike, um, mm-hmm. Ryan Lotke, but before that whole making up, getting robbed thing. Yeah. Uh, Monroe from Too Close for Comfort, mm-hmm. Monroe Ficus, and Cody from Step by Step. Who do you have? <gasps> Oh, Cody is like a classic 90s himbo. Yeah, he's a total himbo. Yeah. He's a major himbo. Um, I would also add that Boomhauer from King of the Hill is an animated himbo. 
as okay. is um uh I would say that He-Man is a himbo. Cuz he's like he's buff and he's hot, but he's is also he dumb? kind of nice. He's not you know, he's not dumb, but he like other people have to tell him stuff. I would not just okay, I would maybe, not characterize yeah. He-Man as a smart man. Like okay, he needs a lot yeah. of help from that tiger. Yeah, I think he's a himbo. Yeah, you're right. He's a himbo. I do love a himbo. Have you dated a himbo? You know what? I was going back. I don't think I've dated a himbo. Look, I'm I've been the himbo in my relationships, obviously. If you can't pick out the himbo, you are the himbo. You know? <laughs> I don't I don't think I've ever dated a himbo. Um Yeah, I don't think I have. Have you? No. And I've spent Are you like, the himbo? Like, <laughs> You're the himbo. No, I wish. And I spent like a lot of my adult life trying to get with a himbo. So mm-hmm. like a himbo might be dumb, but they're smart enough not to fuck me. Mm. Does that make them a true himbo, though? That's that's the paradigm here. That's the paradox. Oh, also, I would argue that Gus Gus from Cinderella is also a himbo. He's not a person. Allison and I will now go over five stories, starting with Kristen Stewart. So director Pablo Larraín directed the Jackie Onassis biopic starring Natalie Portman, as Jackie, and now he's going to direct a Princess Diana Diana biopic called Spencer that will star Kristen Stewart as Princess Diana. So Deadline says it's a hot package that will be sold at the virtual can, and I do love a hot package. Spencer will only cover three days during Christmas time in the early 90s when Diana decided to split from Prince Charles. It will be shot earlier next year. Allison, I know you like this casting decision. I kind of like it because I know it's not like I think it's going to be fine. But if it's going to be a mess, oh, it's going to be a mess. Like Kristen Stewart is going to be like, William, Harry, I have some news. It's such a bummer. Charles, did you say you want to be your tampon? That's my Kristen Stewart impression. <laughs> and you sound way too coherent because she's a mumbler. So she's going to be and that accent is going to be horrible. That's why I can't wait. She's going to be like. Oh, Hera, governor. <laughs> That's my Kristen Stewart's Di- Princess Diana impersonation. Oi, Charles, did ye say ye wanted to be thy tampon? You got a mumble mark. <laughs> yeah, I know, I gotta work on it. I gotta workshop this character. Well, and honestly, I would have cast Timothy Chalamet, and I'll tell you why. Yes. Because he kind of looks like Princess Diana in the eyes. Mm-hmm. He's pretty and delicate, like her. Mm-hmm. He probably looks great in a wide brim hat. And at that time, Diana probably would have rather fucked a peach than touch Charles. So, I mean, it just all fits. You know what? It was obviously some kind of scheduling conflict. Kristen Stewart was the second choice. She was the second choice. (laughs) So Tyler Woodbridge, a man who lives in Columbus, Ohio, started a change.org petition to get his city renamed um, from Columbus to um, Flavortown, so after Guy Fieri. So Guy Fieri, he is from the Food Network shows Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, and also Guy's Grocery Games. God, these names. So Guy is from Columbus and uses the word Flavortown a lot. Mm -hmm. So Tyler wrote in the Change.org petition, Columbus is an amazing city, but one whose name is tarnished by the very name itself. 
its namesake, Christopher Columbus, is in the bad place because of all of his raping, slave trading, and genocide. That's not exactly a proud legacy. Why not rename the city Flavortown? The new name is twofold. For one, it honors Central Ohio's proud heritage as a culinary crossroads and one of the nation's largest test markets for the food industry. Secondly, Chef Liberty Guy Fieri was born in Columbus. So the petition has over 60,000 signatures as of right now. Also, Bud Light has promised Bud Light seltzers to all the citizens of Flavortown if the name change happens. That's a threat. (laughs) I don't know. That's a nice reward to me. (laughs) Oh my God, have you had a Bud Light seltzer? It sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Move to Flavortown and your dreams will come true. I I can't afford to get a visa. I'd have to go across borders. Michael, here's the thing. I when they were talking, when Tyler was talking about why he wanted Flavor Town, why he was choosing Flavor Town, he's like, it's a wholesome name. It's a name that is wholesome, and I agree with him on everything else except for the fact that it's a wholesome name. Because I will say this: I know that eating too much donkey sauce. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh Christ. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> It's so gross. You can't do it. I'll do, hold on. Hold on. I'll okay. do it for you. Text it to me. <laughs> yeah, I will. Okay. All right, Michael, you go you go ahead with your joke. No, tell me, tell me. Now I really want to know. <laughs> Here I'm I am legitimately texting it to you right now. Okay. <laughs> you okay, read you read it. I'll read it to you. Okay, I do know eating too much donkey sauce will send you to Diarrheaville. That's not nasty at all. I thought you were going to go sexy. (laughs) I mean, I do think Guy Fieri's very sexy. (laughs) Especially because of the donkey sauce. You got it. Okay, but... Okay, you know who else is from Columbus? Who? Beverly (gasps) D'Angelo. So just name it after her by calling it like Stunningville. Gorgeousville. D'Angelo Village. Honestly, yeah, D'Angelo Village. It's a, it's a it's a good second option. Yeah, change the let's put up a change.org petition for that. Mm-hmm. D'Angelo What did you say D'Angelo Village? D'Angelo Village. Even Genius, though Columbus is it's a it's a city. There's like 3 million people that live in it. But D'Angelo Village sounds so quaint. Yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow I can hear the groans. And her company, Goop, sold a candle that smelled like her vagina. We all remember that. Got a lot of attention. And I guess Gwyneth just loves us talking about her nethers because Goop is now selling a candle called This Smells Like My Orgasm. It sells for $75. And if you're wondering what her panty pudding smells like, it smells like a blend of tart grapefruit, neroli, and ripe cassis berries blended with gunpowder tea and Turkish rose. Sounds too expensive for my tastes. Um, Michael, I was going to make a joke about that that's not what her orgasms smell like. I was going to say that her orgasms smell like 24 karat gold plating that's melting off a faulty goop vibrator due to a faulty charger. But that would imply that she uses the same one over and over again. And you know she's opening up a new $11,000 vibrator every time. It smells like donkey sauce. Let's be real. Organic donkey sauce. But honestly, like every Goop product should smell like bullshit since that's really what she's peddling. So The Bold and the Beautiful, a soap opera, for those of you with no taste, 
went on hiatus due to coronavirus, like all shows. So they're going back into production this week and have uh, put in place several safety protocols to keep everyone safe and healthy. Uh, Now, they're still planning on doing kissing and sex scenes, but they can't do it like they normally did, of course. So actors will pretend kiss while socially distancing, and they'll make it look real with editing. And for other kissing and sex scenes, lifelike blow-up dolls will be brought in, and if possible, the actor's real-life partner will do the sex scene with them. They already have the dolls because they've used them for, like, death scenes. And they're just going to sexy them up with new wigs and new makeup. Honestly, the Bold and the Beautiful has such, like, um, like fuzzy camera work. Like, it's so, like, mm-hmm. blurry and soft focus. Like vaseline Yeah, there's a lot of Vaseline on that lens. I wouldn't be surprised if every single one of the actors on that show had been a sex doll the whole time. Because, <laughs> like, we've convinced ourselves that they're real people, but how do we know? We don't. We really don't. Mm-hmm. No, we have no idea. But... Like, this is genius, and I love it, because this is honestly something Passions would have done without the pandemic. Like, they would have done mm-hmm. it just because. And they wouldn't, have, they wouldn't have hated it. No. And if I was an actor on there, I'd be pissed, because I've seen the acting, and you know those dolls are going to show them up. They're going to win all the Emmys. So the New York Times says that for years, some burger places in Europe have been providing sterile rubber gloves to their customers to eat a hamburger with because hamburgers are sloppy. So more and more pubs are doing it in Russia and its surrounding countries, and it's made some wonder if it could come to the United States because of coronavirus. But George Motz, a burger expert from New York City, doesn't think it'll become a thing here because Americans are serious about their burgers, and washing your hands is just as good as wearing rubber gloves, and there's less waste. So Allison, are you into eating a hamburger with rubber gloves? Like a surgeon. Like a surgeon. <laughs> no, because no, I would taste the gloves. Like, I don't yeah, want the glove it. taste. Yeah, like, have you ever put one of those rubber gloves in your mouth, Michael? Well, I'll, I'll tell you. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, look, we've all had, we've already, we've all had manufactured rubber in our mouth. It's not a good taste. So, no, I would not be interested in this. Plus, I wash my hands. I'm not gross. What about yeah. you? Well, this would be a disaster for me because if a restaurant gave me rubber gloves and a burger... I'd get confused and put the rubber glove on the hamburger and then fuck myself with it because that's what I usually do with a rubber and hot meat. So that does it for us. But before we go, um, if you haven't rated or re- and reviewed us, please do. Um, and if you have a question or a note for us... Or if you're Barbara from the Burger Place and want to chew me out, you can email us at dtp at delisted.com. Till next week. Thank you, Allison. Bye, Michael. Bye.